Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 36. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have the 2013 ADCC Absolute Submission Wrestling World Champion, Roberto Cyborg Abreu. Cyborg currently owns and operates Fight Sports in Miami, Florida. He talked about living in congruence with your values, the importance of consistency in everything you do, and my inspiration for the title of the podcast, Becoming a True Master. Becoming a True Master, something that he learned from his father, requires you to explore life, get out of your shell, get comfortable in uncomfortable situations, basically living, learning, and eventually passing to others. The final thoughts of the interview are dedicated to becoming a true master and share a concept from one of my favorite books that goes in alignment with the topic of becoming a true master of yourself. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. Who's The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coaches donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. It's www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Roberto Cyborg Abreu. Cyborg is a fourth-degree black belt who earned his black belt in 2004 from Francisco Albuquerque, founder of Nova Geração Jiu-Jitsu. He had a distinguished career as a competitor, which includes being a four-time Nogi World Champion, and he also won the 2013 ADCC Absolute Submission Wrestling World Championship. He currently owns and operates Fight Sports in Miami, offering classes in BJJ, Judo, Capoeira, and MMA. Cyborg, welcome to the podcast. Gustavo, thank you so much, man. It's a great pleasure for me to be here talking to you today. Um, you're a great friend. We have been seeing each other throughout a beautiful journey of jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? And um, for, before we start this, I want to congratulate you for the beautiful work we have been doing. And and again, man, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasure for me to be here. And I, and I only hope to live, to live as much as, as we can of, of good content here for everybody. Thank you so much, and congratulations. You had a great year competing and much successful with your school. I was looking at your line. You have about nine affiliate schools. Is that, is I that have, right? I have 41, uh, 41 today, 41 affiliate schools in 16 oh. countries. Oh, wow, because I went to the website, and I looked the map, and there's, there's some. Uh, yeah, we're going through a phase right now because you know how it goes, man. Like um, on, on my career, I've never – it's something we're going to talk throughout here the 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 podcast but again like I, when i when i started i you know like 
my school started back in Mato Grosso do Sul, in Campo Grande, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, as much as um, I started back in Brazil, there wasn't, um, you know, like I didn't start on the main, one of the main centers of Jiu-Jitsu or nothing like that. So everything I've done in my career was throughout pure love work and, you know, determination to get to where we stand today. So fight sports right now has been growing a lot, you know what I mean? Um, uh, a lot of guys, you know, like uh, prefer or try to, you know, like go into the big teams and, you know, and uh, get under a big flag. Um, I always decided to just through my own, my own journey, you know what I mean? And, and uh, graduate my black belts today. I have almost a hundred black belts under me, you know, and, um, you know, that I, that I graduated from white to black. And, um, today these guys are all over the place teaching and, you know, has been, we have been doing a kind of amazing job and a beautiful job and I'm all over the place, you know, and I'm, that's some, uh, uh, I think that I'm really proud of. So right now, the point that I am with fight sports that we're making um, it more professional. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, again, you know, like I've, I was never taught at first how to be a, an athlete. Then I was never taught how to be a teacher, a master, or you know, a team leader. So everything, like you know, all of those things are like I'm doing through the grind. You know what I mean? And and falling on my knees, standing up, you know, and getting that knowledge through through hard work. So right now we're actually um, amplifying the reach that we have with fight sports. And as we speak right now, even like you know, Victor Doria, you know, is a good friend who has been working with me on actually organizing that right now and. Um, we're making websites and making that uh, that uh, organization of my affiliate school something more professional, and um, we're taking care of websites and you know and producing content and doing all that. But yes, it's 41 schools in 16 countries today. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's a lot of work and a lot of trial <laughs> and error. It's just part of it. So tell us, how did action martial arts get into your life, and more specifically, jujitsu? Well, I started Jiu-Jitsu back in Campo Grande, Mato Grosso do Sul. Uh, it's the countryside of Brazil. Back where I'm from, you know, is a it's a beautiful place, you know. And uh, it's I like again, like where when I when I when I started Jiu-Jitsu, you know, like I was a kid with a lot of energy. I started Jiu-Jitsu. I was 17 years old. I used to love to fight, you know. And um, it was even a part of the culture of where I came from, you know, for the, all that manhood that you have to prove a point and all of that, you know what I mean? So um, back then I used to love to fight. And one of those fights I got, you know, I got to, to face a jiu-jitsu guy. And I had no idea what jiu-jitsu was. I ended up getting, getting smashed by a, guy, by a guy half of my size. And at <laughs> that point it was like, man, what is this, you know? I grabbed that guy from the arm. I was like, man, I don't know what you're doing, but you take me to this place. I'm learning this stuff. You know what I mean? On Monday, I was in the gym with two weeks. I won my first competition. And it was just like that, you know, that bug that bites you and, you know, you never stop. From there to here, man, it was an amazing journey of self-learning. You know what I mean? That Jiu-Jitsu has taught, has taught me a lot. You know what I mean? And, and that was actually the motivation that made me or it gave me the drive to actually leave off of Jiu-Jitsu, you know, so you, I could help and change other people um, from inside out, just like I was changed by the art, you know, so. Yeah, and that kind of goes along with my next question, which is how Jiu-Jitsu relate to life. Well, 
jiu-jitsu purely relate to life yeah um again everything we do everything we do on the mats translate to outside the mats you know what i mean first of all um i was a kid that i was always you know i had a lot of energy i had a lot of rage inside of myself um and you have to be humbled you know what i mean like in, in life it doesn't matter um what segment of life you have um you have to have something that you know to humble you and to, to put you in place you know what i mean and we all know that's nothing more humbling than you walk into the mats for the first time doesn't yep. matter your size doesn't matter where you come from what's your background you get there you know you gotta get you know um you know it's 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 frustrating to have someone on your side control and you don't know how to move you don't know how to escape people sweat in your face you know what i mean smashing you you know and all of that comes to self-control you know um after a while you know that the side control it's nothing that i choke an arm bar it's just it's just a hold and you can still get out of it you know what I mean? And you can actually overcome any situation that comes your way. And that's the thing that I, I most think that jiu-jitsu relates to everyone's life. Especially nowadays, people have so much pressure on their mind, yeah? Um, with social media and all of that, or the, or the, 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 fake, the fake life you know, from social media, people feel over-pressure that they have to be successful, they have to have a perfect life. And that drives people to have like, and a, a, a huge amount of, 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 of mental breaks, you know, and jujitsu helps us on all of that, you know, because um, the moment you learn how to overcome yourself, the moment you overcome to overcome your fears, um, you learn that, you know, you can actually succeed in life. And that's, the, that's when jujitsu comes, you know what I mean? That everyday grind that you have on the mats, you're going to be able to translate to your life and, you're gonna have a smile on your face every every time you you face a difficulty, so that's how I see jujitsu. Yeah, you know one of the things that I, man, that I love about jujitsu is especially the competition part. Of course, you have the the aspect of the self defense, and you have the competition for people who do choose the route of the competition. Man, it, it's such an amazing personal development tool. I think when you prepare yourself, tournaments help you to deal with under pressure situations that maybe in the future you have a a meeting at work or something that used to be feel pressured. And then now we've been challenging yourself in jujitsu tournaments. You go to a presentation like, well, at least I know no one's going to choke me out. What's the worst that can happen here? How do you approach competitions to your students? Can I, can I just, can I just go back one yeah. second? Uh, because that, I don't think it's just competition itself. You know what I mean? I think every time one, um, any person gets pressured, okay gets cornered you know what i mean you actually get you have the chance to actually learn who you are you know what i mean and that's when it comes you know like uh the situation of not competition itself but even when we start jiu-jitsu and training you never know who you are before you're exposed before you're pressured you know and then you actually that's why they said in the beginning that's you know like a, a beautiful journey of of of, of self-knowledge you know what I mean? You get to know who you are. You know what I mean? You get, whenever you get exposed, whenever you get pressured, you're like, oh my God, okay, every time I get on this situation, that's how I feel. That's how I react. You know what I mean? And yes, it starts in the gym and then it starts to, of, to reactions of competition, like we're saying here, you know, and then every time, then you get past the gym thing and then you're like, okay, now I have to compete. Oh my God, everybody's looking at me. Everybody's seeing me, you know, like, 
you know what I mean? You, we all know that we have lions inside of the gyms that sometimes become little cats inside of the, in, on the competition. You know, just because they have the pressure of win, or at least they think so, you know, and that gets in the way of when they have actually to perform, right? So, you know what I mean? Everything of that is like that when you get to expose your fears, things that a lot of times you actually don't know. We can talk about competition, but like that I know that we're going to talk about, you know, being an immigrant or things like that. You know, like whenever I, me, you came from Brazil to actually America, you know, and we came here, man, knowing nobody, having no friends, you know, like I believe that every time that you come, come out of your shell and that can be, you know, like anytime you have a comfort zone, Whenever you live at home, whenever in your city, the city you come from, you, you're inside of a shell, inside of a bubble, right? Because you have your family close to you, you have your, friend, your friends close to you, you have the community there where you're growing inside that actually protects you, you know what I mean? And then every time you actually tend to get out of that shell, you get exposed, you know what I mean? You know, like, man, I come from a good family in Brazil. When I came here, I decided actually to get out of that shell, okay? So like, I come from a good family in Brazil and my dad actually gave me my first gym. My dad was my, is my big, biggest supporter, you know. Um, I got my, my, I opened fight sport while I was still a, a purple belt, all right. So my dad was like, man, what do you want to do? I want you to go to Europe. And I was like, man, you know what I mean? I don't want to leave Brazil. I want to stay here. So the first thing that came spit out of my mouth was, was let me have a jiu-jitsu gym. I have, I mean, I have never even helped my professor to actually help, like, stretch in class. I was really good. I was a competitor, but I have never helped in class before. So my, when I got cornered, I was like, okay, let me have a gym, you know? And my dad was like, all right, let's look for the gym. Let's look for the space. Because my, my dad just wanted me to get to be busy, you know? So I go there, look to the gym and all that. With, like, you know, like, I had no idea how it was like to act, to be it. Uh, to be a professor, to be a master, or to be a businessman. You know what I mean? Although I, I graduated in two different uh, universities, I did uh, uh, physical education and, and international business. But again, we all know that, you know, like you having the diploma is something, you actually experiencing the, the act of being a business owner is a, is a completely different animal. And just experience will give that, that knowledge. Right, so when I opened my first gym, and I had no idea was what I was doing. You know what I mean? And although like I had success, just because I was in my shell, I know the entire city. Everybody knew me. I had a lot of friends, and with the time was passed, I acknowledged that um, I never knew the value of having my gym just because it was given to me. You know what I mean? Whenever you don't battle, whenever you don't fight for something, whenever you don't have to work to build your own craft, a lot of times you don't know the value of it because it was just handled to you. You know what I mean? And then what I saw myself, I was 26 years old. I was living still with my parents. I had my own business, but I'll tell the truth. You know, I was living a, a, a illusion life, you know, back in Brazil, partying, having fun and all of that. While being a very talented athlete that I could actually, you know, like be really successful, but I was lost, you know what I mean? Completely lost just because I wasn't mature enough, you know what I mean? Um, so like when I was 27 years old, I look around me, I had, you no, know, like I was a black belt. I had 
Um, I know I, I was doing really good in Jiu-Jitsu. I won the, the Europeans as a black belt back then already. You know, I had like great matches. I had like actually uh, uh, succeeded against like Braulio Steeman, Demian Maia and all of that while living still in Campo Grande and training by myself. So one day I was like, man, you know what I mean? I came to America to, I came to America to, to compete the worlds for the first time because worlds used to be in Brazil and came to, you know, came to, to us in 2007. So I came to, to, to compete the worlds. And the way back, I stopped here in Miami to, to visit my uncle. My mom's brother lives here and he's more like a second dad to me, you know, someone who I look up to a lot. You know, I, I, he's a sportsman, you know, he's a waterman, he surfs and kite surfs and, you know, he's the man. You know, I always look up to him, you know, he's the big uncle, you know. So I came to spend a month with him. While being there, here, God gave me a, gave me a gift, he introduced me to someone. You know, um, I met you now Mr. Poe, which was my first partner. And the guy was like, man, I'm opening a gym out of nowhere. Like I'm opening a gym in one month. Do you want to come? You know, and right there I was like, okay, I can be in Brazil and be, you know, mom and daddy's boy and stay there for the rest of my life. You know, and of course I would fail because, you know, I didn't have the mindset to actually make it happen out there. Or I can leave everything behind that I have and I can actually be the champion that I always say that I am, you know? So I had $800 in my, in my pocket back then. And I say, man, from now on, I gave my gym to my dad. It's like, you know, I graduated, my, I had brown belts back then. I didn't have black belts yet. I graduate two of my guys with their black belts to take care of the gym to me. I grab my 800 bucks. I say, guys, today I decide to conquer my, my dream. And I left. After that moment, I never got $1 from my dad anymore, from anyone, and I just chose to actually come here and make it happen. You know what I mean? And man, I passed through some hardships. I bet. <laughs> no, place to, no place to sleep, no place, no, no money to eat, a lot of people stepping on you, you know what I mean? Like many nights, um, many uncomfortable nights, you know, wanting to give up, wanting to go back, questioning myself. You know, and that's, I think, is a, is a thing that I always get people calling me and sending me messages from Brazil. And like, master, please, man, let me go. It's like, bro, like, you have to actually, you know, you have to actually put your mind in place and know that, you know, like, whenever we get here, there's no Disneyland. You know, there's no, yes. there's no easy tasks. You have to go and you have to make it happen. And it's not for everyone. That's not for sure. For you know, I know because there's friends of mine that ask me too. And at any point, I've been here in the US for 20 years. I never said, I, actually, I told to one person a long, long time ago because it wasn't a position that, yeah, give it a shot because what you got going on is not happening. But yeah. I never say, and you know, yeah, just come in. It's great. I'm like, man, just really think really through this decision because it's not that simple and how because how old are you when you had the spark to pursue jiu-jitsu let's say because you had as you mentioned you start teaching when you when you're purple but when the idea started to cook in your head of like you know what i think i can make a living in this well i was 20 that's that, that's what i'm saying i was i was 22 years old when i first opened my school but again i was still inside of a shell yeah. So I was doing it, but I was doing it while doing university and 
living at home. You know what I mean? So like I was doing it, but I didn't, I had the drive to do it just because I always loved jujitsu, but it wasn't something like that was like, oh, this is my life. I'm going to do this forever. And that's how I'm going to make my living and making plans and being mature about it. You know what I mean? So I believe that whenever I came, when I was 26 years old and I decided to move out, that's when I actually was like, you know, I had some experience having a gym, you know, I had a, some experience being a professor already. I was an athlete, you know what I mean? And that's when, at least for me, because I really see that different people have um, different times to mature, you know what I mean? And I see, I see that a lot, you know what I mean? Like in some guys will be 18 year olds that have a brave, a great mind and they can be responsible from that. And some guys are 30 years old and you look at the guys it's like, man, these guys, you talk to the guys, look them in the eye and they, they don't, just don't get you. Just because, you no, know, like different people have different time to mature and to get the understanding of when, you know, they should actually get right in life. You know what I mean? And for me, when it was when I was 26, you know, when I was 26 and I decided to move out. So like whenever that happened, I was like, all right. Yeah. And I think that even for the listeners uh, to pay attention, one of the things that you, that you mentioned that it's so important during this time is that people mature in different times, but have the humility to recognize that, yeah, I was lost. Yes, my mindset wasn't where it's supposed to be. That was the, you did the best you could with the emotional maturity that you had at that moment. Of course, if you, if you knew better, you have done better. But back then, that's, um, that was part of your journey and no regrets. Yeah, like my dad's, uh, uh, my dad's one of my, my, my dad's my best friend. You know what I mean? And he had so much patience with me, man, for real. He had so much patience with me. And one day I was like, you know, he came here my first time. He let me stay here in America for six years without coming visit me, you know? And, uh, you know, when he came for the first time, you know, like I was like apologizing to him and being grateful, you know, like that, man, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, look, I've conquered all this. And a lot has to do with the way you always treat me, the support that you gave me. Even when I was mature enough, you are always there for me. You know what I mean? It's important for you to have people around you who believe in you and they grab you from the hands and, you know, he thinks there. And my dad told me something very, very, very important. Um, he said, um, a true master is 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 not the one who actually knows everything from the beginning it's the guy who actually has to go through situations in life in order to learn and experience things that he can actually pass to others you know as a professor that um, we have to go through so much um whenever it comes to dealing with students because we deal with every kind of students who have every kind of background who have every kind of problems you know what i mean and it's very important when you actually act, like have the knowledge to actually know how to deal with them and understand them you know what i mean because you can't talk to someone if you don't have the actually the back the the experience to talk back to them you know what I mean? Oh, I know what I know what you have passed through. I know where you stand. If you have never been there, right? So, like, I believe that you know, like, all that um, being like going through a lot in my life um, before I actually had to 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 start. You know, my team and my gym and all that has helped me so much to actually help other people to find their path um, in jiu-jitsu. Oh, there's no doubt about it, and. Man, if I have to say, I've been this year, I'm completing 30 years of jujitsu. And my first 20 years, 
10 years in Brazil, then 10 US, 10 more in US. So I've been in US for 20 years. But man, my first 20 years, the same thing. I had no idea what being a leader was. I have no or clue. It's just hey, you think you have. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea. Exactly. I'm just like, hey, I love teaching and love training the guys for tournaments. We go to tournaments. Woo. But I had no idea. I didn't know how to handle all that I, stuff. Especially and my, about the responsibility that we have yeah, on uh, people. You know what I mean? And the last, my last 10 years of my journey, I felt that are more dedicated to my personal growth. You know, so now we look at so many things that I did wrong as a teacher, as a leader. And I'm like, oh, man, I just didn't know better. You know, it took me longer and getting involved with more reading more and more personal development, growing, becoming more emotionally mature. And I feel that my last 10 years been and it's still and it's still got so, so much to learn. You know, we all do. So now during your journey, what would you say is your worst entrepreneur you experience and what did you learn from this experience? Of course, it's a lot. You can pick situations if in Brazil, US, whatever you, you feel that there was a big struggle and you grew from it. Man, I think that uh, it's a struggle that I've, I've, I've passed multiple times and it's not, and again, and I come up um, and it, 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 it hurts for you not to change. But it's, you know, like it's one thing is that for you to learn how to trust people. You know what I mean? I was always someone I was very open and I'm st I still am, you know what I mean? And, um, but something very important for, for anyone to acknowledge is that uh, it's very hard for us to build a business or to open a business, you know, and, and especially when you're coming up and you, and you, when you start getting opportunities and all that, sometimes you don't measure uh you don't measure the the risks that you have by partnering up with the wrong people or like because if there's something that make people blind that thing's called money you know what i mean and that you know doesn't matter if you're doing a business with your family members with your good friends or with people who you actually think that they're very serious people but Whenever money is involved, man, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, like not just money, but ego, you know, people, when they see opportunities, when they see things in front of them, they get greedy, you know what I mean? And then they, they tend to, uh, to get blind. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm someone who I'm ready, rightful with the things I do. You know what I mean? And where I come from, a handshake's much more valuable than, than a signature. You know what I mean? Because I do believe that uh, the greatest thing a man has is actually um, his word and his integrity. You know what I mean? But that's um, a huge mistake for you to believe that everybody's the same as you. You know what I mean? And again, you know, I have, I have countless times um, God dropped to my knees because of that. You know what I mean? Because you open your heart to give people... Um, opportunities you give people you know a way in your life and sometimes you get screwed you know what i mean so like um if there was one advice for me to tell people man it's just like whoever you're making a business with you know you have to be first thing get a lawyer put on a paper <laughs> mm -hmm. set up everything properly you know what i mean because um for sure there's multiple like you're gonna you're gonna lose too much if you don't do that and what did you say it's a one habit, a 
high performance habit that you have daily that helps you in jiu-jitsu in your personal professional life i think the 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 better the best habit that one can have is called consistency mm -hmm. you know what i mean you have to be consistent on everything you do and you will plan on being successful with you know what i mean um i was never Gustavo, i was never someone who was like the most um talented in the world you know what i mean but i never stop actually training and never stop competing you know what i mean and never stop um developing myself you know what i mean and uh i think that for sure was something that brought me to where i am you know what i mean i'm, I'm someone who is extremely passionate about um about my journey about you know the the the, the things i commit myself to do so i think that you know consistency is like for sure um the one thing that has carried me up to the point mm -hmm. that i am you know um you know what i mean uh i have lost so much man you know i have lost so much you know so multiple times you know what i mean and uh but one thing that i always say is that like i always choose to do something that you love because you're not just doing because you want to be the champion or you want to be the best but you're doing because you love so you're gonna devote and give all the you know you're gonna like treat it with passion you know what i mean because again you know like there are there are some people in life that are very fortunate they're gonna be successful on the things that they choose to do but most people they will they will face hardships and will um you know what i mean um have problems and if you don't know where you're going if you don't really if you if you don't really love that thing a lot of times you you can give up you know what i mean and try to move on to something else so i do think that you know the consistency behind my jiu-jitsu journey and every aspect there is as a coach as an athlete as a business owner was just because i always loved from the bottom of my heart everything i do you know what i mean so in spite of winning losing or whatever happened you know i never did it for the money or for the medal i always just did because there was there would be nothing else that i would be doing other than that you know what i mean so i think that's very important for people to have for the listeners on episode 17, we had Vitor Shaolin here, and that was the title of the podcast, Consistency is the Key to Success. And consistency of good habits, because you can be consistent doing wrong things. You can be consistent with your bad diet. So make sure that you're consistent with positive things that are going to help you with your growth. And uh, what would you say is the best advice that I've ever received? Does it matter, jujitsu, professional life, anything that pops up in your mind? Man, I think that you know, like uh, something that 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 my 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 dad always told me is to be a a man of honor. You know what I mean? Because um, it's really important for you to have values. You know, for people to have values and to stand for their values. You know what I mean? And uh, and I believe that's very important for anyone. You know what I mean? Because in the end of the day, man, the only thing we we leave behind is is the pair is the uh, it's 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 what you stand for you know what i mean and um it's very i believe that's very important for people to actually never let you know anything getting to the getting to the their integrity you know what i mean um that's something that that's a device that my dad would always tell me you know what i mean like man never be corrupted you know like like there's um even like small things you know like you get into a final of events and the guy's like oh let's split them let's split the 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 cash price 
It's like, no, man. You know what I mean? This is like, there's no splitting here. We're, <laughs> we're here to, you know, let's say who wins. You know what I mean? Like, we're here to win. You know what I mean? So I, I believe that's, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a very important thing for people to stand for what they believe and, you know, like, uh, and keep their values in their heart. No doubt. And what advice would you give to the, to the younger cyborg when you had that spark that you want okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna teach jiu-jitsu you can have a little conversation with him what would you tell him man when i was young cyborg i was nuts (laughs) 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 only life to teach young cyborg man i had so much energy you know what i mean but like something like i i wouldn't change anything that i that i've done you know what i mean for you man you know i believe that every little thing that i've that I've went through taught me to be who I am today. You know what I mean? So, um, no, I, I, I do believe that, you know, just people have tried to have their heart in the right place. You know what I mean? And try to be um, hard on themselves with the, with the things that they have to improve. You know what I mean? But understand that everyone have their own path to go through in order to, to accomplish something. You know what I mean? Never try to compare themselves to nobody. You know what I mean, that's something that I believe that gets in the middle of so many people's lives because they keep looking to the sides and trying to compare them to their training partners, to their friends, you know what I mean, to things that has nothing to do with their lives. Every one of us are a soul individual that you have your own journey to go through. There's not true people like you in the world, you know what I mean? So like, you know, every, every one of us, man, sometimes, you know, like, uh, no, you don't win for 10 years and the 11th year, you're going to be the best of all times. You know what I mean? It's just like how much of love, how much of effort you put into things. You know what I mean? So just be committed to your life. You know what I mean? That's what I would say, you know, to me, like back then, you know, I would tell me to be exactly the way I am. You know what I mean? Just, man, go out there, you know, act with your heart. You know what I mean? Do the great things that you have to do. Believe yourself over anything. You know what I mean? Believe yourself over anything because, you know what I mean? Like, uh, nobody can ever do anything to you other than yourself. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people sometimes they expect other people to give them a chance, give them opportunities, you know? Um, and there's, it, it, it's, it's really like you're the only one who can make things happen to your life. You know what I mean? People can actually provide tools sometimes, but if you don't have the proper uh, mindset, you're not going to make it happen. You know, you're the only one who can actually stand up, go out there and make it happen. You know, so um, believe, you know what I mean? Just that I would tell like to people for, to believe in their dreams and to, to go all the way in. Next question. If I don't know if you have the habit of reading or not, but if you do, is there any book that you'd like to recommend and why, you know, how impacted you in some way? No, I'm not really, I'm not really big in reading, you know, I'm big in living, <laughs> I'm big in living, you know, and, uh, and, uh, instead of, instead of reading, I make sure that I have a lot of people around me. You know what I mean? I have a lot of really good friends who have, um, so they're walking books, you know what I mean? Um, and I believe that, you know, like, uh, jujitsu, jujitsu does that very well. You know what I mean? Uh, gives us the opportunity to be surrounded of people from all sorts of, you know, absolutely of, of beliefs, all sorts of um, knowledge. You know what I mean? And I believe that, you know, like um, that's my way of learning. You know, from people. You know what I mean, man? You know, like uh, 
I travel a lot. I get to you know, like I mean, travel all over the world, make friends, make friends from all sorts of cultures. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's the way I learn. That's the way I learn. I learn. I, I learn living. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good and way. And I've tried, man. I've tried. Like I have like three thousand books here at home, and I try hard, but like it's not just not my thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's the thing that I struggled in the beginning. I never been a, a big reader. But when I found yeah. audiobooks, that kind of helped me out, you know, so I can just put on my phone or I can do whatever and then listen to it. I started to like, hey, man, I can't, I can't learn it like that. I wouldn't be able to pay attention to the whole thing, but at least I'll get parts of it and then I'll listen again, yeah. listen again. So yeah. audiobooks is always a good, a good chance uh, to learn. And of course, a podcast or YouTube, there's always like good documentaries. There's so many cool things that we, we can learn from it. Like you said, you know, from. Of course, I have, general. I have, I have deaf sort of attention, big time. Yeah. My mind can just not be for too long in, in a certain place. It's just like, I, I'm like, it's, it's ridiculous. Trust me, I relate. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, man, I cannot, like, I, and I, again, I love documentaries and I love podcasts and all this but you're never going to be able to see me actually sit in front of one and finish it <laughs> it's crazy and i would love to do it and i put my mind it's like okay my goal is to do this and i just just too hard for me you know it's something like i just cannot do it like my mind's just all over the place you know what i mean I know. and um it's something that i have to train myself in doing so but again i do believe that you know like especially the podcast nowadays there's something so interesting you know what i mean that you can um learn so much from so yeah man like technology has been changing the game uh, and you know sure. like people have so much information out there and what you mentioned about you need to kind of train yourself that is 100 accurate because man i have to train myself and, and to be mindful and because my mind is it races kind of a lot so for yeah. me studying usually i'm a slow learner in, in a way as far as like i take a little more time because i'm reading suddenly i'm on a different planet i got to come back in and read a little more yeah. so it takes a lot of practice so what are you currently excited about what's going on we're just starting 2019 competition year how is the the schools uh, so what is excited about Man, I'm just excited about everything. <laughs> the gym is doing amazing. You know what I mean? Um, 2019 is a year of ADCC once again. You know what I mean? And I'm super excited to be competing in the California ADCC this year. Um, you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the event. You know what I mean? And every time that comes close to ADCC, I get the spark. You know what I mean? Like I, I train all year long. I don't believe in camps. Yeah. You know what I mean? My problem is not, it's not that I had that, that that I have to train. Is that I have to stop the training. Just I just overdo it all the time. But whenever we come to to ADCC years, you know, like it's always a a new motivation. You know what I mean? So like I I, I love it. So I'm super excited to that. Um, my gym here in Miami is doing amazing, man. We have been doing great here. Been uh, I've been so very successful with the gym here. It's beautiful. Um, we have been getting so many students who, of course, were just like um, on that on that uh, eternal eternal journey of development. And there's always new things to be working on and tweaking things into making um, it more professional. Which is, uh, I believe that you know that's the future of of BJJ gyms. I mean, like everybody gotta treat stop treating jujitsu just like 
I, you know, like uh, I school and understand that, you know, that it's, it's a huge business that has to be work on and people have to, 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 to be on point with that. So like the gym here has been amazing. We got voted into, into the, the best uh, 10 Jiu-Jitsu gyms in the world last year. And um, so I'm really excited that. So like, then we have the, all the affiliation schools that we're working on a project, um, doing a new online uh, school website, which is um, my my baby that I'm cultivating, like working very hard on it right now. There's a lot of people out there who's like, there's a bunch of actually online schools, not all online schools, but online platforms out there. Right. Because, you know, like um, there's many successful ones that people just drop a lot of content. Um, I'm doing I, I'm doing it a little bit differently because mine is divided by curriculums. You know what I mean? I do believe that a lot of people, they have they get kind of lost in jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? It's past the time when oh, like, oh, when do you want to when are you going to get your purple belt or oh, when you start beating the purple belt? There's no space for that anymore, you know what I mean? So what I'm doing, I'm transforming what was just something to my school, which I do have curriculums and all of that, into actually the online school. So the students gonna be able to go there, know what they're supposed to know for every belt, every stripe, you know what I mean? Um, the website gonna track their attendance, gonna track their development, you know, show them what they need to better perfect or not. So something very, very, very cool that we're tweaking with technology that uh, I'm sure is gonna is gonna change the game, and I'm super excited about it. Yeah, no, this is awesome because. Whoever is not catching up as far as being up to date, what's going on in the market, they will fall behind, you know, the school. So yeah. you have to be consistently, you know, improving and looking at different ways of the same thing at the academy here. We're always trying to find better ways to, to teach. So it, uh, it's a continuous learning process. And so one thing that I asked earlier, how do you introduce competition to your to your students you know what uh, usually how, how what do you suggest to them you know because i always mention on jujitsu being a uh, competition being a good personal development tool for people out there that are maybe never been involved in tournaments they they know but they've never been in one so usually how do you approach people about competing well like my school is very uh, comp com uh, uh competition oriented like i mean like like everybody loves to compete so it's kind of a bug there already. It's a part of the atmosphere, you know what I mean? Since everybody loves to compete. Very similar to mine here, yeah. Yeah, everybody already loves to compete. So it's like, it's already part of the blood of like, people get there two weeks later, they're like, master, when can I compete? It's like, man, come on, wait. You have to get, you know, one step ahead. What I do here, just so you know, um, I have a belt in between the white and the blue belt. I use a green belt in between the white and the blue. And that's exactly, you know, like how much it is uh, of a difference for a white belt who walks out of the street, who has no understanding whatsoever of what fighting is <clears throat> to someone who has, who has been training for 10 months or, you know, six months, I would say, you know what I mean? It's a completely different person already, right? So what I do, I divide that, you know, into into two. So, you know, I, I split in two. So one, it's easier for us to motivate the students since, you know, they're going to get four stripes on their green belt and then they get a, their, their, 
their green belt and then they have four more stripes under their blue belt. So I break that phase in two. It's an extra motivation for them. And the second thing is that whenever they get up to their green belt, they're able to compete. So on that point, I know that um, they know at least the bare minimum in order to be in a competition and to be able to defend themselves. You know what I mean? Because a person going to the competition have no idea of what, how to defend an armbar, how to defend the back or a choke. It's just like playing with a toy without knowing, you know, how to play. You know what I mean? So I make sure that every one of my students have to have a minimum amount of knowledge in order to actually start thinking about competing. And on that, whenever that comes, uh, with that uh, course, kind of, kind of, we still we already teach the point system of jiu-jitsu, you know, in the competition mindset and all of that. You know, we always have small little internal tournaments inside of the school, so they get used to it inside of the inside of the school. I always make little challenges on the end of the classes, so they have fun, you know, they always use that feeling of actually uh, challenge, you know, which is very important. And that's how we do it here. But again, whenever the competition, um, a scene is a part of the environment that you have, you know, that how, how it becomes easier, right? Um, every one of my guys here really big into competing, gi, no gi and all that. And, and that it, it makes that much easier for, for the other students to actually to be, to wanting to be involved in the competition, in the competition scene, you know? For sure. Now for the listeners, we're getting close to the end of the interview. And, uh, well, just tell us how they can get in contact with you, a final message to everyone. So what do you got? Well, first of all, man, I want to thank you for the opportunity. It was great being here with you. I really hope that people can take advantage of the conversation we've had. Um, anyone wants to come into Miami, please know our websites, fightsportsmiami.com. Anyone is more than welcome to come, you know, like, again, it's not like people don't want to come to Miami, right? It's the opposite. People just need an excuse to come to Miami and to have fun here. Um, anyone is more than welcome. Actually, my students are used, like the school has a lot of people coming from all over the world all the time to train. So everybody's like super used already to have their people come ab from abroad. Um, the atmosphere is amazing. You know, like when people ask me about my school, it's like, hey, how is it your school? I never talk about the champions. I never talk about the competition. I just talk about the energy because I do believe that's the most important thing one can have at home, right? Absolutely. So I say, man, just come and you're going to feel the vibe. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what we have to offer in, in, in fight sports. So if any of you guys pass through Miami, please come by, come visit. Everyone is more than welcome. We always have a bunch of camps. Actually, we're going to have a camp with the Team Storm coming up now at the end of January. Um, and all the guys from Storm Team is going to be here. Um, it's going to be here. Felipe Pena, Romulo Bajal, Edwin Najmi, Gabriel Arges, Rodrigo Comprido. Um, so many guys you know, going to be here for the camp. Uh, two weeks later, we're going to have uh, Tone the Blast coming here as well. We're going to have a camp. You know what I mean? And again, man, you know, like we live in paradise. So awesome. anytime you guys come by, please, you know, contact me on Instagram, Cyborg BJJ or Facebook. You know what I mean? And just come visit. Yeah. And for all the listeners I had, uh, one of my students, Orlando Moteiro, he won the Europeans in 2018. 
had the opportunity to spend a week with you training in Miami. He really enjoyed, he loved training. He loves training in general. So he loved that, you know, super intense, you know, the, the competition training. So he loved yeah. it. He was very happy with the experience. So thank you for opening the doors for him. I got to congratulate you by that because that kid's amazing, man. You know, Orlando, you know, like, again, you know, like there's a bunch of guys out there who can do, they can be champions, you know, and get a medal, but there's people who are special, you know, and they have a, a champion heart. You know what I mean? And that kid's golden, man, for real. Like he came here, he was so humble, helpful, you know, uh, um, friendly, you know what I mean? Everyone just felt in love with him, you know what I mean? Like for real, since the, the moment he walked in into the mess, when he left, everybody was bummed because he's a really good kid, you know what I mean? And I know he's been winning a lot and he do deserve every inch of everything that he's accomplishing. And I told him, man, you're going far. You know what I mean? Because his attitude's its own place. And that's a reflect of his professors, a reflect of the school that he comes from, of his teachings. You know what I mean? So I want to congratulate you for, for Orlando. And, you know, like anytime any of you guys want to come here, my brother, you know, like this, you have a home here in Miami. Please come visit, come spend some days here with us. I really hope I can have Orlando come here to smash me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The kid's amazing. And, uh, and I want to, you know, congratulations for everything you have been doing, man. You know, like, uh, it's very important, um, that kind of work that you do, you know what I mean? For people to understand the mindset behind, behind the jiu-jitsu minds, you know what I mean? And you have you've been doing a, a great work with that. Thank you. The, the community of jiu-jitsu is grateful for you. Thank you so much. So for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's... Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Roberto Cyborg Abreu. He is a four-time no-gi world champion and the 2013 ADCC Absolute Submission Wrestling World Champion. Cyborg currently owns and operates Fight Sports in Miami, Florida. He talked about living in congruence with your values and he mentioned about his main value, integrity. He also talked about the importance of consistency in everything you do. My main takeaway was when his father told him, quote, a true master is not the one who knows everything since the beginning. He's the person who has to go through situations in life in order to learn and experience things that he or she can pass to others, unquote. In order to become a true master, you must possess the growth mindset that you have talked about in previous final thoughts like episode 24 with the nonprofit Higher Grounds founder, Jensen Azarius, the idea that you cannot fail, you can only learn and grow. And today, I'm going to share with you a concept from one of my favorite books called Play to Win, Choosing Growth Over Fear in Work and Life. The book talks about two different mindsets, very similar to the growth and the fixed mindset. The authors Larry and Hirsch Wilson suggest that you can play to win or play not to lose in the game of life. Becoming a true master, which is the title of the podcast, requires you to explore life. Get out of your shell, like Cyborg said. Get comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Basically, as the book says, quote, consciously choosing to go as far as you can with all that you have and learning from what happens, unquote. This is the essence of play to win, exactly how Cyborg has been living his life, doing whatever he feels like doing, being authentic to his desires, and most importantly, in congruence with his number one value of integrity. Now, I'd like you to imagine that the game of life is like a poker game, maybe with a few modified rules. Okay, everyone received their cards, and everyone received chips, 
including you. Maybe you can say, Gustavo, that's not fair. That person has more chips than I do. Welcome to the game of life. Some people are born with more opportunities. Deal with it. Let's say you or someone you know is currently working in a place that they don't like at all and they wish they could be doing something else. If you have been there, you know exactly what I mean. Oftentimes, you may think to yourself, you know what? I'd love to work for myself, become an entrepreneur, or you know what? I'd love to go back to school. Most likely, your dark passenger, the negative voice that lives in your head and brings all the doubts, anxieties, insecurities, and fears you scream at you like a bully saying things like, seriously, who do you think you are? What makes you think that you can achieve that? What if you change and the grass is not green on the other side? You'll be wasting time and money, plus you're too busy anyway. And this player chooses to agree with his dark passenger, I mean his internal bully, and he or she decides to put the cards down and say, I'm out, observe the game of life, and choose to play not to lose in life. As the book says, quote, Playing not to lose is ultimately about avoiding fear, unquote. They mentioned that in the play not to lose philosophy is all about emotional survival. I'm sure you know someone who tries to avoid being wrong, being rejected, failing, and being emotionally uncomfortable. However, that is where the growth in your journey of becoming a true master of yourself starts. In the book, they mentioned five common responses from these players, per se. Number one, self-protection. Number two, irrational thinking. Number three, a closed mind. Number four, blame others. Number five, stay inside their comfort zones. As Cyborg said, he was totally in his comfort zone. However, he only started to play to win in his life when he stepped up, got out of his shell, got out of his comfort zone, and changed his destiny. For a long period of time, his dark passenger was dominating his mind. Probably his dark passenger was saying things like, dude, what are you talking about going out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself? You already made it, dude. You have school, we're partying, you're having a great time. However, at one point, Cyborg stood up to himself against his internal bully. How? With self-awareness. Listen, you will never get rid of your dark passenger. However, you can learn how to control it. And the first step is self-awareness. Think about what you think about because without self-awareness, you will never become a true master of yourself. So as soon as you pick up your cards and your dark passenger prepares himself to talk, be self-aware to recognize and tell him first, okay, if we're going to be roommates for life, I mind my business, you mind yours, so shut your mouth. Pick up your cards and reflect, okay, the cards are not good. I barely have any chips but I want to participate in a game of life. I don't want to be just an observer. I want to play to win. Good. That is a start. Put one chip in. If you want to go back to school and you don't have time, take a look at the possibility of taking just one class online. That is action. The more you participate in the game of life, better chances you have to eventually receive even better cards full of opportunities. Or maybe you can say, Gustavo, I feel suffocated, man. I work in a place that I hate. I have this passion that I want to pursue, but I would have to basically start from zero. Then, my friend, put all chips on the table and say, I'm all in. That is what Cyborg did. In order to play to win, to continue his journey of becoming a true master, he left it all behind, came to the U.S. with $800 and said, I'm all in. 
to start from zero. Now, who am I to tell you how you should play the game of life? There's no right or wrong ways. It's just about choice. Imagine that playing to win is like climbing a mountain. We have all kinds of shapes, heights, and weather that you can choose from. Just remember that the higher the mountain, the higher the long-term commitment on this journey. Now, imagine playing not to lose, being referred to people watching the game of life from their windows, staying in their shells. Some people walk around, some people go up here for a little bit, and that's about it. They may say, nah, no mountains for me. That's okay. Now, keep one thing in mind, though. Maybe you or someone you know is a successful entrepreneur, killing in your industry, playing to win. However, playing not to lose at home. You may say, Gustavo, you don't understand, dude. I've been working crazy hours. I'm basically a productivity machine to provide for them. I get it. I've been there. And we have to find harmony in work, entrepreneurship, and family relationship. And after a lot of beatings, I feel that I have improved a lot and I still have a lot of room to grow. Becoming a true master of yourself, playing to win in all arenas of life is not an easy task. And if it was easy, everyone do it and everyone go after their goals and dreams, but it's not that simple. Towards the end of the book, there's a chapter called You Bet Your Life. Quote, wanting results and getting the results you want, of course, are two different things. Ultimately, Life is a gamble. You pick a path and you hope for the best. Choosing a life strategy is gambling and the stakes are our lives, unquote. Imagine you're walking into your favorite casino and there's a room with two tables for the game of life. On table one called plate not to lose, the prizes are being right, success, being in control, being accepted, comfort, and convenience. On table two, called play to win the prizes are truth growth fun curiosity healthy relationships joy understanding better health love and fulfillment now my question to you is in which table are you currently playing at in your life os We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.